0: Christians that think that they don't need to be part of a church, they can just stay at home. This verse shows that God loves the gates of Zion more than all the dwellings of Jacob, more than the private worship of individuals. What is the church? What does a healthy church look like? What are the duties of the church? Listen on to a Bible study given on the subject of God's Church at South Chard Strict Baptist Chapel on Sunday, the 5th of November, 2023. The subject for this afternoon is God's Church. So, the church is God's, it's not man's, it's not a man-made thing, it's not a man-made institution but it is God's church and so God is the authority of the church. Jesus is the head of the church. And God's Word, the Bible, is the authority for what is to be done by the church, how the church are to worship, and what the purpose of the church is. So what then is a church? Now most people if you were to ask them what the word church means, they would most likely say that it was a building. But that is not God's definition of the church. Now, the, the word church, um, the Greek word for church in the New Testament is Uh, Ecclesia, and that really means a call to or call out. And so the church are called out of the world and they are called to serve God. So the church are a group of people called out of the world and called to serve God. They are a group of believers, believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. And we generally think of the church in our chapel as the, the people who have been baptised upon confession of their faith in Jesus and then they partake of the, the Lord's Supper and they are in church fellowship. The people that sit around the Lord's table. Now some people use the term the visible church and the invisible church to make a distinction or to describe the outward church. So, we would say that the, the people that meet around the Lord's Table are the visible church. They are the people that have, have made a profession of faith in Jesus and they're visible because you can see that they are the members of the church. But just because somebody is a church member, it doesn't mean that they are a member of the invisible church. The invisible church is the people that are truly saved. The invisible church is the, the elect, and only God knows who is truly saved. Now, we might look on other people and think they are definitely saved, but only God truly knows who is saved and who is elect. There really is a a distinction between what God sees and what man sees, but it's not for us to be Trying to work out who is an elect and who isn't. So, should all Christians join a church? Should all Christians join a group of believers, the church? If we turn to Psalm 87 and verse 2, it says, The Lord loveth the gates of Zion more than all the dwellings of Jacob. And Zion is another word for the church and the dwellings of Jacob means the, you might say the, the homes or the, the houses, the, the, the individual, people in the church. Jacob means Israel and Israel refers to the people of God. And so the Lord loveth the gates of Zion more than all the dwellings of Jacob. From this verse we see that the Lord he loves the church and he loves their gathering together and the where it is in sincerity and where it is, there is true praise. He loves the gathering together of his church more than the, the individual worship that a person might have. And so, people that, Christians that think that they don't need to be part of a church, they can just stay at home, This verse shows that God loves the gates of Zion more than all the dwellings of Jacob, more than the private worship of individuals. And so where a Christian, where there is a place, that a church, that they could join where God is rightly worshipped, if they are seeking to please God, which is what every Christian should be doing, then surely they would wish to join with his people, to join with Zion. So if we turn back to Acts 2, and we look at verses 40 to 47, So we read about the day of Pentecost and how the people that heard Peter preach were convicted by his preaching and they were pricked in their conscience by his preaching and by the guilt of them having been involved in the the death of Jesus. They wanted the people there that Peter preached to, they says, Peter says, him being delivered by the determinant counsel and foreknowledge of God, ye have taken and by wicked hands have crucified and slain. And these people were convicted by this and Peter called them to repent. And then we have in, in verses 40 to 47, how there was 3,000 people that were baptized, and we see there many characteristics of, of what a church should be. So from those verses, verses 40 to 47, I've picked out seven characteristics of a, we might say, a healthy church. The first one is that they gladly received God's word and they were steadfast continuing in the doctrine taught by the apostles. And thirdly, they had fellowship. Fourthly, they feared God. Fifthly, they had all things in common. The sixth, they continued with one accord. And the seventh, they were full of gladness with singleness of heart, praising God. And of course, the Holy Spirit was poured out on the day of Pentecost. So what then is the church's duty? What should the church be doing? So again, I've got seven points, the seven duties of the church. So first, to serve and glorify God. The second, to stress the necessity of personal conversion to God for all sinners. And the third, to promote spiritual growth in the lives of all regenerated Christians through preaching, teaching and administration of the sacraments. And the sacraments are the bread and the wine of the Lord's Supper. The fourth is, the fourth duty is to exercise Christian discipline and the the teaching of Jesus in Matthew 18 verse 17, he says about someone, if they neglect to hear, um, if there's a fault between two people or someone's done something wrong and there's no reconciliation be between the two. Then he says, if he shall neglect to hear them, tell it unto the church. But if he neglect to hear the church, let him be unto thee as an heathen man and a publican. The fifth duty is to care for the poor and needy. And the the sixth is to witness to those in the community, and Jesus said, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father, which is in heaven. And the seventh duty is to bring the gospel to those who are without the church, and in Acts 1, the apostles were told to, to go and witness both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. Now, just to finish, I've got a couple of uh, stories to read to you. They're very short. So, Michael Faraday, a famous English scientist, and speaker once presented an interesting and enlightening lecture before a large crowd, which included the King of England. After a lengthy sustained applause from the crowd upon conclusion of his presentation, the King arose and extensively praised Mr. Faraday for his keen insights and remarkable discoveries. Many expected Mr Faraday to respond to the words of the king, but he was no longer present. Immediately after finishing his lecture, he had slipped away to attend his church's midweek prayer service, which he could make just in time. Literally, which king's words meant the most to him. What beautiful example regarding church attendance did he provide. Well, the words of King Jesus meant more to him and the fellowship of the church prayer meeting meant more to him than the, the praises of the king. So church leader, once gave a strange speech entitled Bones in the Church. It focused upon five different types of members in the church. He spoke about the wishbones those who wish this was different and that was improved, but do not pray and work for the needed changes. He spoke about the jawbones those who talk too much, especially about others, and create numerous problems and troubles by doing so. He spoke about the funny bones, those who are so touchy that their feelings are often hurt by others' words or actions. He spoke about the dry bones, those who are dead and cold spiritually, neither the warning blasts of the law nor the melodious notes of the gospel move them. After dealing with the characteristics of these four types of bones, he spoke about the fifth, backbones, those who are supporting, who are the supporting members, who are continually doing that which needs to be done, who stand, pray, and work for that which is right and necessary. Which type of bone are you in your local church? Thanks for joining us today. Look out for the next episode soon. And remember to subscribe, like or follow the podcast to get notified each time a new episode is uploaded. And if you're enjoying the podcast then consider sharing it with your family and friends. That's all for this episode, so until next time, goodbye.